Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of Riding the Storm Out. Today, we're going to do something very special. If you're not in the state of Oklahoma, it might not be as critical to you. However, we're going to talk about some current issues that are beyond our state borders that actually reach into every state. So I do hope that you'll enjoy today's broadcast and next broadcast as well, as we're going to get into the weeds on some of these important races in the great state of Oklahoma. With me today is a very special guest. He's been a longtime friend. He's actually helped mentor me as I have matured over the last 20 years in thinking biblically about the realm of civil government. And quite frankly, I think this individual knows as much about Oklahoma politics as anybody on the planet. So welcome to today's show, Charlie Meadows. Charlie, it's good to have you. You're a church member. It's good to have you on the broadcast today. Brother Paul, it's great to be with you again today. Well, buddy, we've got a lot of ground to cover. So let's begin first with some of the federal races in Oklahoma. And quite frankly, you know, so much needs to be emphasized every go around on the primary races. Because sadly, that's where we lose some of our real staunch conservatives. Mm -hmm. And then we get into a general election, and it's a a choice between a Republican and a Democrat. And almost always, maybe not every time, but almost always, the Republican is the better option when you compare the party platforms. So let's begin quickly by looking at some of these state races in the state of Oklahoma. District 1, we have an incumbent Republican, Congressman Kevin Hearn. What are your comments about that race? Well, Kevin Hearn right now is currently the most constitutional, the best U.S. representative that we have of the five. And uh, I certainly would like to see him reelected. It's primarily the Tulsa area. Kevin has been a real pleasant surprise. You know, he campaigned as a conservative, but everybody does in the state of Oklahoma. And once they get there, they don't always do what they say. That's correct. But Kevin Hearn in District 1 is a no-brainer. He has been the man who's actually walked the talk. That is correct. All right. District 2, a good friend of mine. He used to be a state senator, and actually he was a warrior that worked with us in our effort uh, five or six years ago to end abortion with our Protect Life and Marriage effort. So District 2, we have the Republican nominee being Josh Brekeen. Charlie, tell us about Josh. Okay. Josh was one of the finest state senators that we've had in recent years, certainly uh, in, in the top five or ten in the last 30 years. He's absolutely excellent, a solid conservative, and he's running for the District 2 seat that was held by Mark Wayne Mullen. Should he win, and I believe he will, he will be a more conservative, more constitutional, a better U.S. representative than Mark Wayne Mullen uh, was. Mm-hmm. So we really have a chance here to improve our congressional district in in this situation. And Mark Wayne really matured and improved over his time in the legislature. He he did. He got better as Mm -hmm. time went on. Uh, There's some things that he's done that have disappointed um, people who observe very closely. And uh, so, uh, but but, um, anyway, he's, uh, you know, this is someone we really want to elect. And by the way, he just won that primary by about one and a half, two percentage points. So the primary runoff. So it was a very close race. So Josh Burkeen in District yes. 2, Kevin Hearn in District 1. Mm-hmm. And of course, in District 5, we have Stephanie Weiss. I wouldn't call Stephanie uh, a staunch, strong, no. principled conservative. No. But that would be a vote against Nancy Pelosi continuing to be the Speaker of the House. One of the things we need to understand when we're talking about the federal level, I, I, I did not vote for Stephanie in the primary 
but now we're not playing games anymore. If you want to improve the quality of your elected officials in Oklahoma, yep. you do that in the primaries. primaries. If you can't do it in the primary, then you get behind uh, the one that you, you maybe didn't support because in Washington it's a numbers game first. And if the, we don't gain control of the House, I think we will. But if we don't, we're in serious trouble. So it's critical. Folks, when you look at the issues, you know, when you look at the issue of life, when you look at the definition of, of marriage, when you look at what God commands about proper biblical sexuality versus perversions, when you look about the concept of coveting and theft, i.e. socialism, there's no comparison. You know, especially in these federal races, we have to support the Republican candidate right. because the platforms are just like night and day. Right. The Democrats don't even profess to respect our country or hold any reverence for any shred of biblical value. Mm -hmm. So it's really a no-brainer when it comes down to the federal races. Mm -hmm. And that leads us to the United States Senator. Of course, mm -hmm. we have Senator Inhofe, which I think served for 180 years, and he's finally <laughs> retiring. And of course, now his seat is going to be uh, replaced, most likely, by Mark Wayne Muller. Yes. You you just talked yes. about Mark Wayne. Yeah, and and uh, actually, uh, Mark Wayne did get better mm -hmm. uh, when he first went in. He 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 had the wrong uh, chief of staff, in my opinion. And uh, but after a year or two, he was gone, and Mark Wayne has gotten better and better with time. Kendra Horn, the Democrat that beat Steve Russell here a couple of sessions back and proved what a liberal she is, is his opponent, and we certainly don't want her. So a Mark Wayne Mullen, and that no matter where you live in the state of Oklahoma, these races will be on your ballot. And then incumbent U.S. Senator, a good, a good friend, and, and yep. I love this man. He was, uh, when I had my battle with cancer several years ago, James was always gracious enough uh, to call and keep up with me. So I do consider him a friend. We met in my office shortly before the primary. I've been disappointed in some of the things he's done. However, once again, this is a no-brainer when right. it comes to voting biblical values. The Republican candidate is certainly, in this case an incumbent, mm -hmm. is certainly the selection for the U.S. Yeah. Senate. There are a lot of people in Oklahoma that are pretty angry with James for a variety of reasons, uh, but this is not the time to take your anger out. Uh, I, supported, <laughs> I supported his uh, main opponent in the primary election, and we didn't win that. Uh, I've, I've had James in my home mm -hmm. twice. I love James personally. I just thought he wasn't performing, performing well. And, Paul, this is something we need to bring up. Friendships are important. Relationships mm -hmm. are important. But they should rank about fourth or fifth right. compared to the performance of a candidate, the ideology of a candidate, the character of a candidate, and things like that. And James's performance has been disappointing with the longer he's been in there. And so that's the reason I opposed him. And I talked to James mm -hmm. that I would not support him. Uh, we were very civil. And, and, uh, so. You know, and we in America, we live in this constitutional republic. Throughout the majority of human history, there have been kings or sultans or potentates or some sort of sovereign that rules over his subjects. Well, that's not the case in America. Mm -hmm. We have a limited government. We're supposed to have a limited civil government at the state level and federal level. And we have what are called public servants. They're supposed to be swearing to uphold the rule of law. Mm -hmm. And quite frankly, we vote for them to represent us in the legislature. 
And when they don't do that, it's not their lording over us. We need to <laughs> rein them back in. Mm-hmm. And that's what we talked about earlier. Too late this year, but the primaries are so critical because often because of money or because of name recognition, we lose the really, really strong principal candidate in the primary. Right. And then we vote, and, and we have to, for the lesser uh, of two mm-hmm. moderately bad to really bad dis- right. choices. Right. But when these congressional races, it's without a doubt, uh, the Republican Party at least has a platform that honors God yes. and honors free market principles, which are what both are what our country was established on. So when it comes to these federal races, without doubt, we have to control the Senate. We have to control the House of Representatives. So in all of these, we encourage you from a pastor with a biblical worldview. These races are slam dunks, 100%. You have to go and vote for the Republican. And again, this is a situation where um, it's not, elections aren't won by the majority. They're won by the majority of people that go vote. Mm -hmm. So we can't get lackadaisical. We Mm -hmm. can't sit here and, and as you said, decide to take out our wrath Mm -hmm. on somebody that that only voted way we would 65 or 70% of the time Mm -hmm. in a case where the other choice would be someone who votes against us zero percent or votes mm-hmm. with a zero percent of the time right. so well let's get down to some of these more local races in fact today let's focus on these state races because these are so critical in a year where the democratic party has exposed itself when you look at the lgbt grooming curriculum that's in our public education when you look at drag queen dancers in libraries and schools and by the way uh, drag queen is the pro is the improper description Think of it as actually a, a gay transvestite stripper. When in the world is it a good idea to bring a gay transvestite stripper into our libraries to fawn over children or into our schools to dance for children? We don't bring Chippendales dancers or dancers from the local uh, gentlemen's club down to our schools. And this is absolutely a no-brainer. So we know where the Democrat Party has has gone to. And quite frankly, my parents were Democrats when I was born, early 60s, Oklahoma, that's what you were. But we have gone so far, the Democrats have gotten so far away from the party However, in a year when, or from, from the Bible, but in a year when the Democratic platform across the country is at an all-time low, including the popularity of this Democrat man in the White House, amazingly, in Oklahoma, conservative state, we are vulnerable to losing a couple of key races. Let's start first with the uh, superintendent of public instruction, the Republican Ryan Walters versus Jenna Nelson. Yes, and uh, so in the most recent polling, Ryan Walters is actually about five percentage points behind uh, behind his Democrat opponent, and this is really a sad thing. Now, the main issue here is school choice, mm-hmm. empowering parents yep. to direct the educational choice of their of their own children. Unfortunately, the most powerful special interest group in the state of Oklahoma. Uh, happens to be the teachers, uh, the teacher union, and there oh, yeah. are yep. many mm-hmm. people that they influence, many teachers that they influence. What I would suggest to a teacher as they are abandoning the classroom, and it's not over money, it's over a lot of other serious issues, that they have no control. They have no control over the discipline. The administrators won't stand behind them and things mm-hmm. like that. Think for just a minute, teachers. 
think for just a minute. If we had school choice and mm. and parents could put their children in private school, we have to have teachers in private schools yep. too. You can go there and you can make a difference in a person's life. And with some of the tax dollars following the child, you can make a decent uh, a decent income there also. So really, school choice is not an enemy of our rural teachers at all. And if we had free market in education, mm -hmm. these good teachers would be overwhelmingly rewarded. Yes. Yes. Rather than all teachers being paid the same, you got the crummy teachers and the good teachers, doesn't yeah. matter how many years have you been here. If we had a free market with some level of school choice, we'd see these good teachers really doing quite well because their services would be in demand. That's correct. And I think, you know, Ryan Walters is actually a teacher. He taught in the McAllister schools. Uh, then he was appointed by Governor Stitt to be the uh, Secretary of Education, and then he's decided to run for this. He personally homeschools his two, his his two or three children. I forget which. Uh, mm -hmm. and they they are have done remarkable mm -hmm. in homeschooling, but he wants to make these government schools better also, mm -hmm. and he's the best person equipped to do that. And so it's a very critical vote. He's behind. And I would appeal to anyone mm -hmm. out there that wants to see an improvement in education. Uh, Jenna Nelson is a radicalized teacher. Ryan Walters is not. He's the real deal. He's the difference maker. He's the game changer. You vote for him. It's vitally important. And even if you are a member of the OEA and you happen to be a Christian listening to this broadcast, the term Christian means follower of Christ. We have been instructed to raise our children. Parents have been given the responsibility to raise their children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Right. We now see what's going on in public education is controlled with dollars that come from Washington, D.C. Right. You can't even, if you're a Christian school teacher, you can't honestly say that the education that's being provided to the children honors God or is in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. We have to have the, the choice in the hands of the parents. And quite frankly, as you we talked about already, this would, a free market for education, would provide incredible earning potential for good teachers. Mm -hmm. So Ryan Walters, without doubt, public education. If you don't want critical race theory in public education, right. if you don't want the LGBT grooming in public education, if you don't want men showering in girls' locker rooms. He's uh, called all of that he's out. He's called all of that out. Yes. So without question, Ryan Walters, Christians, we have to get out and support uh, the person that's going to most honor God in their service. All right, well, let's look at state treasurer. We've got Todd Russ, who we've had, we've talked about before. Talk yeah. about Todd. Yeah, Todd is uh, is a banker mm -hmm. uh, by training and profession. He served eight years in, uh, excuse me, 12 years in the state legislature, was uh, fairly conservative at that time. He's also a minister. He's a godly man, and uh, uh, he is well prepared uh, to serve in this position and do some of the good work that Randy McDaniel started and has done in his uh, his two terms in this position. So Todd Russ is the person we want here. And state treasurer is becoming a more and more important mm -hmm. position, especially in the last few years with the mm -hmm. ESG mm -hmm. woke 
scoring, right. the social credit system, I have seen a number of state treasurers across the country that are now pulling their funds out of BlackRock and mm -hmm. out of Vanguard. Yes. These groups that are working against our liberty, that, is right. that are working towards the Great Reset, we have got to quit funding our enemy. So Todd Russ is without doubt the candidate that we should vote for on the state treasury. Plus, we have a very good relationship with him. Yep. And, and, and if there's anything that he is, I think, in doubt about, He's, he's not at all hesitant to call us up and say, what is your perspective on this? And that's a very valuable thing. You need somebody that's teachable. We yes. never master everything. We've always got to be learning. Yes. All right, uh, Attorney General, Linda Steele versus Gettner Drummond. Well, Linda Steele is uh, a libertarian, and uh, there will be some Democrats that hate Gettner Drummond. They won't vote for him. So this libertarian will probably get 35% of the vote, and Gettner will get 65 Gettner certainly was not my choice uh, at all. We lost the best AG we've ever had yeah. by less than one percentage know. point. It was a real heartbreaker. But uh, I think it's still the thing to do to go with Gettner Drummond in this race. If you want to, if you want to sit on your hands on it, that's fine too. But uh, he's going to win this very easily. Lieutenant Governor, of course, we all know from longtime history in Oklahoma, Matt Pinnell. Talk about the Lieutenant yeah, Governor. Yeah, so Matt is very savvy uh, to the political ways. Mm -hmm. He's not made a lot of the boneheaded. Uh, mistakes that Governor Stitt has made as a, a newcomer from from the outside here. And Matt will get the largest, I predict, will get the largest uh, uh, vote. What we will see is not only the size of his base, but we'll see a lot of the vote that would have gone for Stitt had Stitt not offended so many people. And uh, I, I do know his libertarian uh, opponent, Chris Powell here. I've been a friend with Chris for a long time. Uh, I like Chris, but I wouldn't vote for him under any circumstances. So Matt Pinnell is an easy choice here. Lieutenant Governor may be the most popular position in government. Yeah. It's kind of like being the backup quarterback of yeah. the football team. You know, you stand at the baseball cap, never actually really getting into the game that yeah. much. But, you know. In Texas, it's a very yeah, powerful absolutely. position, but yeah. not in Oklahoma. Dan Patrick down yeah. in Texas. But, but he did, uh, Governor Stitt did ask him to take over tourism and things, and he did a marvelous job in that. And then he actually has the authority to mm -hmm. take the gavel in the Senate whenever he, he does. chooses to. He does. I'd love to see him become more active in some of these roles. Yeah. So Matt yeah. Pinnell, of course, for lieutenant governor, another no-brainer. Now, a very important race, a critical race to our future. Yeah. I'm not sure if Oklahoma can recover if we make a mistake here. I agree with you. Governor Stitt, I would love to be stronger. Yeah. However, he's done a lot of good things. He signed critical race theory legislation, saying that that is illegal. You cannot do that in public education. He has signed a, a bill recently to where funds won't go to OU Medical Center. They are stopping the gender reassignment surgery. Mm -hmm. Visited with him earlier. There's actually talk about taking it further and just making the, the mutilation uh, of, of children in Oklahoma against the law across the board. Mm -hmm. I hope he'll take that stand. I think he will. Mm -hmm. Signed legislation to protect girls' athlete, athletics. Title IX, the whole purpose was providing some equality in sports for women. And now that we've achieved it, now we're letting men go compete with women. It's mm -hmm. insane. Mm -hmm. uh, we are in There are no abortion clinics operating in the state of Oklahoma. That's right. I'm 60 years old. First time in my life been able to say there are no abortion clinics operating yep. in Oklahoma. Uh, they've signed legislation where churches cannot be shut down. We've signed the bathroom bill. We never had a mass mandate. 
there are a lot of things that I would have loved as a staunch right wing conservative Christian mm-hmm. that I would like for him to have done better. Mm-hmm. However, oddly enough, in a year where even Oregon and Washington may elect a Republican governor, mm-hmm. the state of Oklahoma, supposedly the most conservative of the most conservative, mm-hmm. we run the risk of not reelecting an incumbent. That's Talk correct. about what's going on with this race. Okay. Well, there the uh, there's been uh, five polls taken over the last month, and our date right now is the 11th of uh, October that we're recording this. And um, about two and a half weeks ago, Amber Integrated showed him up three percentage points, uh, 47 to 43, I believe, 47 44. Uh, over um, Joy Hoffmeister. And then last week, Sooner Poll came out, and they showed him one point behind. The reason I mention those two polls is those two polls tend to uh, be run by Republicans, so they're more interested in finding out the reality of the race and and not trying to shape a race like some of the Democrat pollsters will do. So it's a very uh, close race, and the reason for that, when Stitt came in, um, the first thing that he encountered was the need to renegotiate mm-hmm. the compact with the tribes. When Brad Henry was governor, he gave a sweetheart deal, uh, the monopoly for all casinos to be run by Indians only is called a compact. He gave them a sweetheart deal, and... Um, uh, basically, 15 years later, that needed to be renegotiated. And Henry had put a poison pill in it that if if it, uh, if it you could not renegotiate it, it would revert back to the sweetheart deal for 15 years. So here's, here's the reality. We have the second largest number of casinos of any state in the union. But we don't even rank in the top 10 as far as revenues returned to the state. Mm-hmm. Stitt saw that and knew it was bad. He tried to fix it, got on the wrong side with the Indians, with the tribal, the yep. tribes. And then along comes McGirt, which God still only knows how much problem that's going to stir up. And he has tried his best to get the U.S. Supreme Court to overturn the McGirt decision because the, the, the problems it's creating for the state of Oklahoma are enormous. That generated tremendous uh, opposition from the tribes. Mm-hmm. They have put millions of dollars into dark money mm-hmm. efforts to uh, weaken him, to harm him, to hurt him, and that has uh, that has occurred a lot. Uh, so... Uh, Anyway, that's why it's a close race. There's other reasons, too. Just take, for example, my Senate race, uh, the one that I, that I worked really hard in, mm-hmm. and there were three races like this in the runoffs. Um, at one point in time, three weeks before the election, Governor Stitt met with Jeff McComas. And after listening to him, he says, Jeff, uh, says you have an understanding of these mm-hmm. things better than almost any candidate I've ever seen. And he said, if we had 4 million Oklahomans that had the understanding you do, we could turn Oklahoma into a top 10 state in a very short period of time. And uh, so Jeff said, well, I need your endorsement. And he said, well, I don't know about that. He said, I'll try to help you behind the scenes. Five days before the election comes out a, a postcard where he endorsed Grant Green, Jeff's opponent. And, you know, one of Stitt's biggest deals 
is choice and education. Mm-hmm. Guess who's against choice and education? <laughs> Grant Green. <laughs> and it's that kind of boneheaded yeah. stuff that he does, and he fends people. He makes me mad. I didn't want to vote for him unless his polling was less than 53%. I'm going to vote for him now. Yeah, mad as much, I am yeah. at him, I'm going to vote for him. But, but Paul, on social issues and business issues, he's been good. He's not a great economist, mm-hmm. and there's a difference. A lot yeah. of people don't understand the difference between an economist and a businessman. Uh, but but uh, anyway, it's very important. If we lose to Joy Hoffmeister, uh, she, she has been a lifelong Republican. Yep. And the teachers' unions over in Jinx and Tulsa put her up to running against Janet Breesey eight years ago. They supported her, and and she beat Janet very easily. And so uh, she has gone on, and her performance, uh, if for those that understand what it takes terrible. for good education, has been terrible, we're, we're horrible. The, we're, I think we're in the 49th or 50th out of all yes. 50 states. Right and now. She's, she has sold out now to the tribes and to the teachers union and so if you like education the 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 terrible job it's been done for a long time you just keep joy hoffmeister uh you you move her you move her from uh that position to governor and you move this radicalized teacher in here and there'll be no change in education in oklahoma ephesians 5 11 we'll pick this up next time charlie because we're just about out of time ephesians 5 11 commands us as christians to have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. It goes beyond that. It says that not only are you supposed to not be a part of or a party to or affiliated with it, we are supposed to expose it and stand against it. How can a person that professes to be a conservative or at one time did, how can you join or become part of a party? As a matter of fact, we've got some issues that she has uh, issued direction and policy as the head of education in Oklahoma, uh, pushing for the transgender agenda, right. pushing for transgender dress codes, pushing for mixed-use bathrooms and things of that nature. Uh, Joy Hoffmeister, if you notice, they're very brilliant in their strategy. Uh, you notice in her campaign signs and everything, all it says is Joy Oklahoma. It doesn't say Joy, I'm a liberal Democrat <laughs> wanting to ruin Oklahoma. It says Joy Oklahoma. Even the color schemes, they right. have more of a red rather than blue because they're trying to subliminally get us to think that she is conservative. One of them. She is not absolutely a wolf in sheep's clothing. So it's imperative that we as Christians in the state of Oklahoma be wise as serpents and harmless as doves, make sure we are aware of what's going on, be able to see through the the woke agenda that's being pushed on us and take a stand against it. Do you think we've got about a minute and then I've got to shut us down. Could Oklahoma survive other than the Lord's intervention and a miracle, could Oklahoma survive eight years of Joy of, of, of Joy Hoffmeister? Well, right they they could because of this. Uh, we're going to maintain very strong majorities in the House and Senate, State House and Senate. What you'll make it, it'll be like a big monkey wrench in some of the bad stuff that she wants to do. There'll be a lot of disharmony, a lot of fighting. Now we do have a percentage of these uh, these majorities that are actually Democrats yep. that refiled as Republicans, mm-hmm. but I, I think they're not enough of them to make that difference. And so we can survive it, Paul, but it won't be as nearly function nearly as well as if you have a Republican 
and then a, a Republican House and a Senate. That hopefully will learn to work together. Rather than survive, we need to thrive. So, Rest. folks, make Rest. sure, listen to this broadcast again. Of course, Charlie's Picks will be coming out. We'll be sending that out through email, which we do every year, to make sure that the body of Christ, the citizens of the United States of America, but it's citizens of the kingdom of heaven that are trying to follow Christ in all that we do, make sure that we are well-informed and educated as voters. And again, it's not the majority that wins. It's the majority of people that vote that win these elections. This is Paul Blair, along with my special guest, Charlie Meadows. Thank you for joining us for this week's edition of Riding the Storm Out. We'll see you next time.